Welcome, friends, to random number 111. That's right, Rubies and Movies episode 111. Ilox, that over there is Luke. And we're going to tell you about the best and worst stuff you should be watching or avoiding lately. Uh, we're going to be starting with the DC weeklies. Uh, we finished off Titans for this week. We got an episode of Doom Patrol, and then we'll talk the end of Swamp Thing, along with talking book one of Moore's Swamp Thing from the 80s. Uh, from there, we're going to talk Justin and Kelly for the worst list, and then we got Forrest Gump and Two Towers up for the best list. And then theatrically, we watched Hobbs and Shaw. And did you get everything watched for this week, Luke? <clears throat> yes, it was a very light week, like you said. That's fair. Uh, are you excited that 13 Reasons Why is coming back in a couple weeks? No, and I saw some goddamn Twitter people being like, oh my god, who killed this person? I'm like, I don't even remember people's names. Was that the Asian one with the tattoo or another one with the tattoo? It's the asshole. It's the asshole that raped the what the one chick from the first season. Man, am I glad to not watch that show. And it's like the kid that was going to shoot up the school is fine and clear. And, like, I don't understand why any of these people would give a shit why this person died or was murdered, whatever. So, it's, like, it's got my interest peaked for one episode, and I'm really going to give it, I'm really going to judge it harshly because I really don't want to sit through a whole season of that goddamn show. No, you're not, because you've already sat through two goddamn seasons of it. Uh, Yeah, but... Having you not along to harass me along this journey makes it a little more difficult to join. Jump in. The I wasn't there show. for season two. I didn't watch I season two. You watched on you your watched, own. I thought you watched the first season or, or first episode or so. I might have, but fuck that. You watched another fucking nine on your own. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm really not looking forward to it, but I'm interested because it's got to be better than that fucking Euphoria show. Yeah. Uh, did you get through it? Yeah, I did. My guess is that Zendaya found a way to write herself out of the show. No, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, but did, I know, did, I know how you wanted it to. I know that I can pique your interest and make you think about watching it. Uh, I'm hesitant to ask how, but go ahead. Uh, it ends with a Zendaya musical number. I don't need that. Yes, you do. You love The Greatest Showman. <laughs> Listen, I'll wait for it to come up on YouTube in like a week or so. <laughs> uh, no, it's just a big pile of dumb, and none of it's really bad. This episode is really bad. Hmm. Interesting. That's exactly how I figured it, and I'm glad I stopped a few episodes back. <laughs> so uh anything else you want to talk before we jump into everything nope just burnt we're plowing through this we're like the goddamn train and snow piercer just going <laughs> sounds good to me how'd you and... like the oh what how'd i like what how'd i like nope. what no you go first oh i was gonna talk about eating babies but we passed that point <laughs> Uh, yeah, we did. Uh, how'd you like Titans? The wrapping up of two episodes. Well, do you want to... It, it, uh, it literally felt like... Remember TV shows that did a lot more back then, but like 
the mid-season finales of like Lost, where it was like, well, we're done with our fall season and we'll be back in the spring. Like it didn't feel like it'd be end of a season. It felt like, mm-hmm. well, we're just kind of stopping. We'll be back. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. But uh, I was. It did have Batman just straight murdering people. Man, just the. So we got through the first episode back, which was a huge disappointment because it was supposed to be Starfire's episode, and we're like, we get to learn so much more about it. And literally, she has a ship hiding in a barn, and that's all we see from her past. Oh, and Raven's bring, ushering the devourer of the world, whatever, like shit we already knew. It's like, fucking goddamn it, do something. Well, like, it's not like Starfire had, like, an inch, like, she's an alien that gave us that. Like, what What do you want? I want to just see more. I want to see, like, her past. Like, we dove so far into uh, Dick Grayson's past that, like, it feels like other, all the other characters just got shucked off because they're not a Robin yeah. entitled. But, but you're not complaining about Raven or Beast Boy or anyone else. You're complaining about Starfire because you got that creepy affection for her. Uh, not true. Uh, because we get a little bit of a little bit more from Gar and Raven, but I mean, they had just as much to do for that episode as Starfire did. So it's like, God damn it. I just want more Starfire because she's awesome and I want to know the character better without reading anything. So well, quit being a baby and read like an adult. I mean, I, pro- I probably will at this point because we aren't getting new episodes till fuck if we know when because they've uh, been picked up but who knows if Warner Bros. is going to carry it on. As far as I know they're saying September for season 2. I'll be, I'd be alright with that. <laughs> <laughs> but then yeah, we get Batman just killing everything in her, his wake for who well, I, I mean obviously fucking know why it's a dream state and he's supposed to act like that but I figured we were going to actually see his face or something we'd get uh knockoff copy like CW did with Superman but we don't we just get him murdering everything in his wake and it's a dream sequence so it doesn't really matter Oh, but he murders everybody he's all like slashing people's throats with a goddamn batarang yeah but it wasn't real it was real enough to dick that's what matters. It's about his perception of Bruce and what he's capable of, not actually what Bruce would do. Hmm. I don't know. It it felt like a big cop out. And then so is Darkwing actually or fucking Darkwing. <sighs> fucking Dick. Is he actually possessed when he's uh the the other wing? Whatever fuck I don't even fucking know him anymore. No, Nightwing was just the persona he took on. He's possessed in the show, but, like, that's all. Okay, that makes sense. Um, It also doesn't make sense why Raven reached out in a dream, or in the dream sequences, and told him to find Jason Todd if he didn't seemingly have anything to do with any of that. Well, it could be setting stuff up. I don't know. Could be Jason Todd shows up. I don't know. But the teaser was pretty interesting. Oh, yeah? The getting Superboy in crypto. <clears throat> yeah, that's a thing. I was just like, why is he all naked with clothes on? Could be weird. I mean, that's just DC anymore. They're like, let's see if we can blur these lines. And who really gives a shit? 
But yes, uh, I do like that they're just going deep with this, but I don't know how much they're going to do anything, you know. We'll see what season two shapes up to be, if it's just going to be more of Dick or it's actually going to be forming of the Teen Titans. Um, But Superboy was never part of the Titans, was he? Yes, he was, you goddamn fool. That's why I'm asking these questions. You just need to relax a little bit. Um, when they showed him off, it realized how thin the team was, and like they, with their facilities, they don't know how how to use their powers for the most part, and they're not really a great team. But if you fill it out just a little bit more, I think it'd be better. And that's what I'm looking for with season two. Um, I guess we're setting up this corporation that he broke up the lab out of. Could be, be like, to be the big uh, bad for season two arc. Um, I also heard, or I also saw things that maybe Lex Luthor's getting involved. Well, I mean, if you do Superboy, you kind of have to do Luthor. Um, but it could be behind the scenes things. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I think it was cool. We get to see uh, Donna Troy work a little bit more, but. I mean, really, she doesn't do much more than grapple Starfire with her fucking whip. So Whatever, man. She's got that sweet-ass lasso. I mean, yeah, the lasso, whatever. But eh, all in all, it's really just what you said. It feels like it's half a season finale. And, like, we don't get anything necessarily answered. Like, it's just setting up shit, more shit for the next season. So. Yes. Which sucks, because I was really hoping to be done and over with the whole Raven's whole backstory and just ha- have her have her inner powers and stuff, so. It's we might still be getting there. Who knows? I mean, we're definitely getting there, but it, they're, it seems like they're unintent- or intentionally just dragging shit out for the hell of it. Um, things could be written tighter and just move along quicker, but, I mean, obviously... I don't think they probably have the budget for Swamp Thing did. Um, so, like, they're kind of dra- dragging things out because of that. But other than that, I mean, it, I enjoyed the season. But considering the preconceptions we came into it with, uh, I think it held up well enough. I'd recommend it. Well, yeah, I mean, out. considering, you know, they dropped that trailer before the show came out and he's all like, fuck Batman and break people's necks. And I was like, what is this horse shit? I'll never watch this. <laughs> and then we just got, came involved and it was fine. Um, but yeah, it's good. I hope the season two is next month. That'd be awesome. Um, from there, Doom Patrol. We get to see what happened while Cliff was inside of Jane's head last week. And it involves the Beard Hunter. A fucking beard hunter. Uh, this show just breaks my brain in all the right ways. Like, none of this makes any fucking sense, except it works so well with all of it. Um, and then to get to the end and fucking the Niles puppet. Um, I assume his girlfriend is going to be popping up at some point during the season. Um, She's probably looking for Niles too. I don't know. It's fucking really strange. Um, I think the main crux of this episode was to show that when it comes 
down to it, Niles would rather sacrifice everyone on the team than give up his cave woman girlfriend. But did he, though? I think he's more... Uh, I don't think he necessarily cares about giving up her location. He just doesn't want to be broken by uh, Mr. Nobody. Yeah, but it ties into when his former partner, you know, his friend found him and was just like, you know, take me to the woman. And instead he takes him on the lake and lets him fall through and drown. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. It just felt like out of place. But it was also like because three fourths of the episode deals with Niles being away, and like we get the ten minutes that they're in the basement with Jane and whatnot, and then like fucking by uh, Cyborg fucking goes all fucking Gucci and shit again, and uh, it's interesting to see considering like he unlocked all his stuff. Um, and like he has no really no one to really turn to for his fixing. Um, it's weird to see him half powered down just to be in control or whatever. But I don't know. Was it Beard Hunter that was controlling him, or like it was just his sh- shit going uh, on the watts? Listen. Beard Hunter is a formidable foe, but I feel it was just his shit going glitchy. Okay. Because, like, when he said he was, when he called his mom, it was like, I'm joining the super, super villain club. I was like, really? I figured he was kind of a more of a hero esque person, persona, anyway. But I guess it checks out because he was just being a real piece of shit living in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's weird, and I love it still, and it's great. Mm-hmm. So, next episode oh, next week. Oh, oh, yeah, and I I think I know what they're doing next episode, and I'm so excited. You want to give me a little tease or? Uh, uh, real remember when they found that comic book and like yeah. it was and Jay or uh, Rita was like that guy who should be there. He's missing. Pretty sure they're doing flex flex mentalo and fuck yes. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, so look forward to that uh, coming um, from there. Uh, we wrapped up on Swamp Thing, and how did that end for you? <laughs> With a whimper? This kind of ended. Yeah. Uh, I watched Titans first, and that really set me up to be disappointed with this one. I was like, oh, but it was really strange considering they knew this was going to be the series ending and like even the thing popped on Friday and was like watch the series finale and it's like well I mean you could have ended a little bit better I suppose but well it was too late in production I mean they basically were like oh we're cutting three or four episodes and you know they were in the middle of shooting so they had to finish quick yeah Um, because I remember motherfuckers there was like set vid- set photos of being like, oh shit, it's the Parliament of Trees. And I was like, fuck yeah, Parliament of Trees. And then they're like, no, we're not getting to that. <laughs> now I want to see the Parliament of Trees. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah. But it felt like 
you know, they just kind of were like, oh, well, we don't have enough with what that what time they had left once they had to scrap scripts and stuff. They just tried to wrap everything up that they could. And it, a lot of that amounted to like, oh, hey, uh, Blue Devil is just going to go fuck off and we don't have to worry about that. And <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of that. So I don't know. It, um, it was all right, I suppose. But then diving into Moore's book one, like I was like so disappointed where where things could have gone and like what they would have could have explored with it. Right. I mean, like I, we never even saw Swamp Thing grow himself from another plant, and I needed that in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was diving in a few episodes or a few issues later, and like he runs into Constantine, and Constantine like basically tells him he he can transport anywhere in the in the world and just like show up and like they kind of showed that off with him bringing the different things to the to the boat yeah. shack when, and whatnot. Yeah, when he so built, like, like, that uh, that sow for her that only grows in, like, China or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it kind of did some interesting things. But, like, that first issue into – or it was either the first or second when they get Swamp Thing. Like, he's wrestling with uh, fitting into the world. And, like, it kind of felt like they didn't really give a damn about his character – in this world, like, they were just more worried about world building and, like, ma- filling out the stories that they had. Yeah, it felt very much like, we'll get there, right? Yeah, yeah. And especially you know, like, knowing, like, when he finds out what he was, and, like, that was, what, a three-issue arc for Moore's book? Like, him just giving up on being anything? And, like, then fucking Woodrow comes through and he's the fucking one dude. That crazy psycho son of a bitch. Um, yeah, the Floronic man. Uh, speaking more to the green and shit, like, there was such cool shit to explore and, like, they just kind of didn't go for it. Like, the, it, the, the show itself looked great, but I feel like if they would have really pressed it, it could have been something special. But it's it's just this, like, Oh, you want to check them out? Whatever, it's fine. Yeah, and that literally I felt again was because like they had a three season idea mm-hmm. that they were trying to get. So like, yeah, yeah, you can see where they were hinting seeds in the season of the green and him trying to understand what it is, and mm-hmm. you know the opposing force and the rot, and like they were setting all that up, but they didn't allow us to get there. They spent yeah. too much time setting up. Uh, did you see the? A series trailer teaser like Floronic Man actually showing up. Oh, he's at he's at the end credit scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, I was uh, like, what the fuck are they about a trailer teaser? <laughs> I saw that, and then I was like, oh well, let's see what this. And then the first like first four issues like dealt with him. I was like, fuck yeah, we should have gotten way more of him, and like that was so much more interesting. Yeah, it just took us too long to get there. Like, even if halfway through this season, they just bumped it. You know, like, Woodrow had caught him, found out he wasn't really Alec. He was this sentient vegetable. Uh, And then it became the Floronic Man. And, like, the push and pull between the two over, like, the fate of the town. Hmm. Like Because that was fucking fascinating to, like, see the Justice League, like, 
oh, well, we're kind of fucked because we can't help it anyway. Um, so hopefully they'll figure this out. And then fucking Swamp Thing shows up and is like, listen, you're killing your, uh, ox- your way of living source. So uh, kind of can't do that. Yeah, Swamp Thing's fucking dope. Um, there's an issue. Dope. There's an issue later on where like Abby goes to Gotham and she's like, I can't remember. She's she gets arrested for something like unduly, and Swamp Thing just comes to town. And he's like, Listen, give me my woman back. Mm-hmm. And Batman's like, What are you gonna do? And he just fucking wrecks Gotham. Just fucking like plants everywhere. He's like, I will destroy everything you love. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome as shit. Um, yeah, I could definitely see them setting up, like, this, uh, Dark Justice League with him and, like, just fucking rocking it. Because I love the design of him and everything from the show, but, like, these issues for being, what, 40 years old, like, were just fantastic. Um, I think that really just lends to Moore's writing ability. Um, but also, like, the structure of the issues themselves didn't seem like very DC-ish. Like, and considering the only other more stuff I've ever read is Watchmen, it's such a departure from that because, like, all the panel layout's just so wild and on its own. So I think I would just want to find out more of, like, the artist and, like, what kind of relationship they had for the writing and treatment of these issues. But my... My favorite uh, story that comes out of Swamp Thing is uh, that the artists were just like, listen, Alan, here's what we want. I want to draw Sting, the pop star. And he was like, fuck, I guess, I don't know, I'll write this guy named Constantine, I guess, so you can draw him to look like Sting. And they're like, okay, cool. (laughs) And that's how my favorite comic character was born. Oh, fucking born is such a pimp. Yeah, he's a crazy fucking goddamn wizard. It's weird. I don't. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, it's it's like you said, it's different. But it was them. It was the same thing they were doing a lot in that time, where you know, like a book would be failing, and it'd just be like, well, let's just what do we have to lose? Give it to somebody. You know, it's it's how Frank Miller blew up with Daredevil. You know, it's like lowest rated book. Let the fucking kid write and draw it. Who cares? And get a resurgence. And um, you know, so, was it was it Bernie Wrightson that drew like the first twenty issues? Uh it's Bassetti, isn't it? Oh, well, I just remember seeing like it was created by Bernie Wrightson, so I figured like he had a big chunk to do with the first. Oh, maybe, and I know Len Wein like wrote the first issues and created it. But then that's the whole point of Moore's first issue, issue 20 of like, it's literally like the writer who was working on it before just kind of was like, well, I'm done. And Moore was like, well, I guess I got to finish all your story real quick. So I can move on to my shit. <laughs> Which did a great job. Like fascinating how they transitioned it to him and like, Man, those seven issues are fucking stellar. Um, I think just the just the fight with the Floronic Man was enough, like, to see how crazy he went and like him touching or uh, tapping into the green and like the green controlling him from what the Justice League was saying. And it's like, man, he was just fucking drunk on power and like the way he was 
capture capturing this whole town and like having them blow up just because like the oxygen was so rich and everything it's like fucking awesome but like when swamp thing was giving up he's like man you could have just been fine i was fine just being on my fucking own just rooting myself whatever and then you came fucking knocking on my door again, and now I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> now I'm here to fuck shit up. And he does. And he fucks up all kinds of shit. Um, and then jumping, like, five issues ahead or whatever to 37, where Swamp Thing and uh, Abby get it on is really strange, but uh, that happens, I suppose. It was oh, yeah. just really psychedelic... Uh, I can't, like, they kind of hinted at it from the show, like, where she hit the, or ate the one spore and whatever, and, like, saw him as he was, but, like, at this point, he knows he's not Alec Holland, and it's, it's really strange how they went with white hair for Abby, Um, because it just, it just makes her look so old, and it's, like, it's just off, like, it's really strange the directions they went with it, but it works so well for this whole ordeal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really cool shit. Yeah, let's eat some tubers and meld our minds together. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're like, well, we can't really fuck, but uh, here, have, have a bite of this. <laughs> uh, I love that issue so much. It's so fucking weird. Yeah, it's it's super fucking weird, but su- like psychedelic and everything is like I've been reading a lot of old Silver Surfer, and like it's kind of the same way that Cosmic was. So yeah, I'm into it. So so um, do you plan on reading more Swamp Thing in your eventual future? Uh, probably. I think I'll probably. I I think I'm gonna check out whatever book two was. Probably the next seven issues or whatever. Um. And I think I kind of want to get to the Gotham fight, so just to see him wrecking fucking Gotham. And can I? Can I? Can I also tell you something else that happens? What's that? He goes to space. <laughs> um, I was seeing a little bit of that, and like, um, some it's kind of like Ego Planet, like, uh, wants him to uh, make love to it or whatever. Mm-hmm. That so. does happen too. Yeah, and then like, <laughs> and he's like lost in space, and he's it's it's kind of like that issue of Watchmen where Doctor Manhattan's on Mars. It's like Swamp Thing lost on this planet and just like not knowing how to get home, but trying. So it's is good. that still is that still Moore's running? Yeah, Moore wrote it for I think there's six or seven books. Oh, okay. So. I just remembered like every end of every issue, like it'd be like. Uh, book one through four, and I was like, mm, I'm really interested to see where this goes. And then, like, let me lean over here. Uh, yeah, there's six books. Sorry, I had to okay. check my Swamp Thing collection over here. Nice, nice. So, uh, yeah, NDC, uh, online universe is all right to read it. It's kind of a pain in the neck to download them and read them like that, but eh, oh, I mean, well, I don't download them because I'm an adult. <laughs> Listen, sometimes I'm away from an internet connection and I just want something to do, so it worked out well. You should always have an internet connection, you goddamn fool. <laughs> Fair enough. 
So uh, let's dive into the best and worst, and let's start with the worst with Justin and Kelly. And geez, what a mess. What? It's so good. What are you talking about? It's a ridiculous, um, G-rated fucking after-school movie. Um, Jesus is awful. I think this was before Flash Mobs were a thing, and like that's, that's the entire movie. It's just generic Flash Mobs. Mm, but it's got such good songs. Does it? Because I no. fucking put a drill in my head for half of them. I love yeah. it because they're like, they they maybe have been two sentences for half the songs, and like it'd say something, and then it'd say something different, and then it'd say something, or it'd go back to that first thing and repeat that about ten times. I was like, I will fucking ruin everything, everybody on this spring break. It's uh, nuts just to think of like, that's how big American Idol was. That like you'd be like, well, we're gonna make a movie. And it's like, okay, what's the movie gonna be about? I don't know. The winner and the runner-up want to fuck, and then you're like, you should test it out because like they don't have any chemistry together. Not even a little. And like, it's really funny how they kind of work with that for like three fourths of the movie, and then it's. <laughs> Because, like, everybody around them is trying to keep them apart from each other. And then finally they're like, oh, well, we really like each other. For the week that we had to get to know each other in the half an hour we spent with each other, uh, the kiss is like, what? let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> we a don't lot. have any chemistry whatsoever. And it's it's really random to think that these were the first two runners up of this whole fucking American Idol whatever. And like they had to have seen the script. They're like, yeah, no, that that makes sense. We'd totally do that. It's like <laughs> Yeah, and like and also to be like they're not actors, so neither of them are good at, you know, nope. acting. Nope. So and uh, I can't tell if like if they tried purposely to surround them with even worse actors to make them look good, because Jesus Christ, everyone in this movie is terrible. Listen, I'm trying to find anything worth saying a damn about it. It's like, this whole thing's just bad, but like, the, the one friend who like, kind of kept them apart from whatever, and like, she just turns out to be a real conniving bitch. It's like, Oh, maybe this could lend itself well to like showing people just getting away from toxic relationships, and then they just have that dance off at the the end of the movie. I was like, I fuck, fuck you, hate, I hate all of you. This is so stupid. Yeah, it, literally, it's just she's like, you ruined all my chances with this person, and there's no reason why. I don't understand why you do this. And she's like, Hey, I found him. I was like, Okay, we're friends again. Like, no, <laughs> I would never and- trust that person again in my life. And the weirdest part of the entire movie is where this college kid, which had to have been 1920 age, is getting ticketed by this female police officer the entire movie who would probably be 24, 25. And like the end of the week is over. She's like, I'm off duty. But fuck, I suppose. It's like, mm, I don't. This is a bad, bad situation for everybody involved. And then they do that awful dance to end the movie. I was like, fuck you guys. Fuck everybody. I can see, That's the way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I they can like see it. why this is on the worst list. Um, 
Do uh, you understand? This is, don't ask me why, but pretty sure the third time I've seen this movie. Were the other two times because you and your friends did that thing where you pick the terrible movie for your friend to watch? That is one of the times, yeah. Second time, couldn't tell you, but I'm pretty sure I also watched it with somebody to be like, look how terrible this movie is. Oh, God, it's so bad. And it's just a really side of the time. Like, this movie doesn't hold up for a lot of reasons, but mainly because it's early 2000s and everybody has a fucking Nokia phone. Ugh. A giant fucking block phone. <laughs> uh, there's a lot in this movie that doesn't make it work. Non-actors, no chemistry. The fact that, like, Kelly Clarkson looks to be uncomfortable in a beach setting and has to wear as much clothes as she can on the beach. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Um, man. The, like, the, the, the idea that anyone, let alone everyone, wants to fuck Justin Green. <laughs> that big, big-haired fuck. Um, but, like, this after watching uh, whatever the fucking Adam Sandler one is, the other week like man these two could go together and die in a fire somewhere and I never want to talk about them ever again because these movies are the worst and, and what we have listen go, going yeah I think this is week number 10 this time or the one that's coming up um but no I mean like this is far better than going overboard at least this has like a story and it's lit properly Which, like, it's so and the funny. camera work it's, makes it. it's just really funny because like this is uh it's not an atrocious movie but like it would be like a watchable after after school fucking whatever movie but like this is what they got out of just throwing money at this project because I'm sure this movie took a weekend of film. <laughs> and fuck if, it, fuck if it doesn't show it. Ah, oh, Jesus. But, like, even that... Fe- this movie feels more realistic than fucking uh, Glitter we watched the other week. <laughs> at, least this, at least this movie had songs in it. I don't remember anyone singing in Glitter. Yeah, for the most part, so... But it had, uh... What oh what's my favorite what's my dude's name from Glitter Eight Ball or whatever the fuck, oh, fuck if I know that's where I saw him from. right <sighs> what a trash I don't know. what a trash fire it's it's a, it's pretty bad so jumping from there to Forrest Gump and I think whatever the last Tom Hanks one is like I remember us asking each other like. How many more fucking Tom Hanks movies we got? It was like three or four. It's like, God damn it. Not Forrest Gump? And we're like, yeah, well, it's on there. I was like, well, fuck. Yep, because we had Green Mile and then Private Ryan and now Forrest Gump. And this was 90. Was this 91 or 94? 94. Um, did you enjoy it? Was this your first time watching it? No, okay. I, I've i seen Forrest Gump. Anyone alive in the 90s fucking saw Forrest Gump. It was, like, I I was looking at it. It was the second highest grossing movie of 1994. 
It grossed almost seven hundred million dollars. That's ridiculous. <laughs> what was everybody up to in ninety four? Because they fucked up. Um, um, this is a movie that yes, I've seen before. I remember fucking hating that movie. <laughs> Just being like, "What the fuck?" Now that I watch it, not terrible. It's got problems, but Tom Hanks is so fucking good in that movie. Yeah. Um, I'm the opposite. I really enjoyed this movie. Um, when, when I was talking about it being three and a half hours long last week, uh, I think and this is like I saw it right when I was like, beca- like formulating structure and whatever and like storytelling and whatever. And I really like how it goes scene to scene, whatever. Like, the storytelling is really good in it. And, like, how it transitions from scene to scene. And, like, I remember every scene so vividly that it just felt a lot longer. Because I I didn't realize each scene was, like, a minute or two long. And, like, it really transitions well for that first half hour. Like, we're fucking already in Vietnam within 40 minutes, I think it was. And it's, like... Shit, we've we're like just zooming through his life, and like it's strange because uh, a few weeks ago or last week, obviously, we watched once Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it's like this story of just this thing happening, and like they're all conscious of everything about it, but like Forrest Gump, like he has no idea what's happening around him, and life is just going on. Um. And it's just ridiculous how everything just goes so well uh, with the next thing. And, like, it's where I end up coming in is that the story is just whatever. Mm -hmm. It's literally a collection of montage. Um, I think Hanks is really good. Like, really good. Like, there's that scene where um, when he finds out he's a father and he's taken aback and oh dude the fucking just broke me i was like i completely forgot that he was like i hope he's not like me but also this is the most incredible thing that's ever happened to me in my life yeah it's fucking heartbreaking hanks just kills that scene non-verbally until you know he's just like is is he stupid and you're like oh my god he's just worried that that kid's like him you know he has enough conscious thought in his own head to realize that he's not right and scared that his kid is like that too yeah and then um, like then he's by the grave like just gives the letter to it oh my god hanks is so good in this fucking movie he is uh and that's what really carries it because like the rest i'm not so sure on um like i think the jenny storyline is fairly gross yeah in terms of like how she's the scapegoat and just gets everything ruined on her for no reason. Um, other than that's the storytelling mechanic that they're What's going so for. What's so funny about that um, is, like, the, like, I saw this when I was 10. So, like, all of that stuff kind of made sense, but not really. Um, I think, like, watching it a few years later and, like, kind of grasping what everything they were, like, because this, it does a good job of saying all that stuff, or showing all that stuff, but not saying anything about it. Um, which I guess really works, because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's this story of this kind and gentle soul 
and just all the people he touched through the through the through his life. And like I think it was I mean, the first time like I probably seen anybody grapple with the idea of somebody dying that they really cared about and stuff. And it's like Yeah, I totally get where you're coming from and like the gross sections of her story, but it's also really endearing the like that they finally found a way to f- to get back to each other and then they made this really great human from the two of them. Um, um but then when it ultimately comes down to as I'm watching it again this time is that this movie is 100% of the fucking boomer generation's wet dream. Like this is all about like <laughs> yeah. Because it is. It's it's super conservative all the way through. The hippie fucking gets AIDS and dies and fucking gets beat because she's a dirty hippie. But, you know, we're doing good and we're fighting in Vietnam and winning ping pong for our country. And it's super, and like, we're fucking, we're shaking hands with goddamn Nixon. And it's just like super weird. Um, But I still can't, even after watching it this time, I can't figure out if Forrest Gump is supposed to elevate the idea of conservatism and the sweetening of the, the, the ideal and washing away the edges of the sixties, or if he is supposed to be against it in terms of, how do I want to say it? Does Forrest Gump elevate the conservative movement that they're showing in this film because he's sweet natured and kind and does what he needs to for his fellow man or is it a repudiation of that by saying everything that these people loved was influenced by a simpleton who didn't even know what he was doing because no one knew what they were doing and they were all idiots that's wow um yeah that's a really great point and i have no answer for you because i'm right there on the line with you (laughs) because i mean like i think in terms of the way i'm gonna fall onto it comes down to the uh the anti-war protests in washington dc where whatever he says moves the uh uh the protest leader to tears and to hold him so i think but they cut the mic out, so you don't understand what you don't hear what he says. Yeah. If he just said, you know, like I did what I needed to for my country, that wouldn't have moved that guy. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's probably some anti-war when what he said. Probably talk about Bubba dying and the market left on him and this and that. But it cuts out. He's not allowed to say anything bad about the war. Huh. I was not expecting uh, to get the feels from this movie that I did though. Like, because I've seen it a handful of times, but, like, everything clicked so much better this time. And, like, man, like, when it's really ridiculous to see the people on the bench. And, like, when they make fun of him, they're like, we sat next to the millionaire. And, like, you realize this is the 90s when, like, there's a handful of millionaires at this point. And, like, that'd be a really big fucking deal. And, like, he pulls out the magazine and shows the old lady. She's like, shit, he really is this millionaire. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a it's a, a really strange movie. But, uh, ultimately, uh, like, 
I'll probably watch it down the line again just because uh, the immense uh, role uh, Hanks plays. So, yeah. Do you have anything else for it? Yep. No. Okay. Uh, from there, jump into Two Towers, and I understand why you consider this one worse than the other one now. Because it is? I mean, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's still great. It's the second best out of all three of them. <laughs> but I, I really want to watch the third one. But after realizing how much worse this one is than the first one, and like how everybody said that one's worse than this one, it's it's it runs this gamut of do I just remember, or do do I just follow on what I remember of it? Because I re, I I recall the fucking Helm's Deep battle being like half this fucking movie, and it's only like the last half hour of this three hour movie. It's. Yeah, it's the bulk of the end. It's like 40 minutes or so. Yeah. But, like, I just remember that battle so vividly. And, like, when it starts drawing everything out before it, and it's like, yeah, yeah, we gotta go through that. Yeah, we have to go to Rowan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, it all makes cohesive sense, but, like, I just want to get to the Hel- Helm's Deep battle. Excuse me. But, uh, and then to have it last like 20 minutes and then them fortifying everything, falling back and like, well, shit, maybe it's over. And then fucking Gandalf shows up with a stick. Fuck yeah, he brings the light, son. I mean, yeah, but uh, really great. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I just, the problem with it is structurally in terms of like, then again, you know, like Tolkien wasn't following typical structure as he wrote his books. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like you don't spend an entire first movie getting the band together to then break them up. Like it, it just kills the the grasp you have in connecting. So like the main thread, right, mm-hmm. should be getting the ring to Mordor. But since we broke the band up, it's just like, well, I got to watch fucking Marion Pippin hang out with this goddamn tree for an hour. Which is fucking awesome. They had to rock so hard. Oh, I <laughs> fucking hate tree beards so much. Oh, God. Oh, that's my favorite line of the whole goddamn movie is when, like, I always like going south because it feels like going down. It's like, you fucking tree bird. We'd be best friends. High five. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I hate him so much. And then he fucking just walks out of the forest and is like, oh shit, now we're going to war. Come on, trees, let's go fight some shit. <laughs> Although it is dope, just like giant trees throwing giant boulders and goblins. <laughs> I was like, I can get behind this. Oh man, they break that dam and I was like, fuck yeah, let's fuck, some, let's fuck this tower up. Um, and fucking, uh, after just seeing... Deadwood, where I know he wasn't in the movie much, but you had just oh, watched fuck, it. Yeah. But to see Doc fucking show up as Wormtongue. I was gonna say, fucking... I was gonna say fucking uh, <laughs> Doc Chucky showing up. Like I was like, yeah. fuck, he is such a great actor in any role he fulfills. He is. I just fucking love him when he's just like, ah, it's Gandalf, and I'm like, yeah, it's fucking Gandalf. <laughs> fucking twist <laughs> the Adinzi or some more. Take fucking staff. I told you that. 
you sons of bitches. Uh, so good. Um, that ball rag fucking fight is just immense. Uh, so good. Yes, but the main thing it comes down to is like you don't connect with the characters as much in this one compared to that first yeah. one. I feel. Yeah, I feel like if it would have struck. If they would have structured the entire three, uh, the whole trilogy a little bit better, everything would have worked a lot better. Um, but yeah, I, I'm fine with it how it was. I remember wanting to, like, getting out of the theater, wanting to see the Holmes Deep battle so much that I actually ordered a screener copy back then, which would have been early 2000s for this. And, like, I remember watching this movie so much. In about every three minutes, you'd just see for your consideration at the bottom of this movie. So Nice. Um, I'm fairly certain I saw it in theaters like six times. Yeah. So good. I loved it. So go watch that shit because it's awesome and dope. <laughs> it's dope. Uh, are we watching the third one at any point then? Yeah, maybe we'll get to it. I We just need to get through this. Listen, <laughs> I have plans. Okay, okay. okay. We we have ten more movies to get through on this list. Mm-hmm. Plus, we're taking a break for October for spooky <sighs> Halloween times. God damn it! Are yeah. you sure we have to? Because I mean, I'm really over horror movies, and I'm really good with them, and I don't worry about them at all anymore. No, absolutely not. It's Halloween, man. It's October. We gotta have spooky times. Fuck you. Uh, on that note. <laughs> We saw, I, I took my uh, brother and nephews to the movie this weekend for Hobbs and Shaw and it trailer or it chapter two played. And uh, the, the face my nephews gave me after we got out of the movie theater, I was like, are you guys excited about the scary, scary clown movie? They were like shitting bricks. They're like, fuck no, we're never going to see this stuff. I was like, yeah, you guys are in my family. That's fine. <laughs> Which I'm glad. I'm glad you have to see it, because, like, did you see the runtime? No. It's almost three hours long. I'm fine with that. I really enjoyed the first chapter that, like, uh, what's his name? Just kills that role, so. Give me more. Give me more. Pennywise. Whoever Pennywise is, that guy. So. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. And plus, we get more Bill Hader. Like, I'm not going to hate on that at all. (laughs) <laughs> no, you're not wrong. So, um, from all of that, moving on to Hobbs and Shaw, and how much did you enjoy this? How much did you think I did? Because I already know what you said. Seems like you can't keep your whore mouth shut on Twitter. Listen, I listen. I fucking loved it. I saw it twice. So, what <laughs> twice? Listen, I saw it Thursday night, and I realized we were having the reunion, and I was gonna have a chance to see it with my brother. So I was like, listen. If you want to go, I'll pay your way, whatever. And he's like, my sons want to see it too. I was like, well, son of a bitch. Fine, we'll all go. <laughs> so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think you were all right with it. I was all right with it till about halfway through. And I was like, this shit needs to end. It is awful. No way. So fucking good. <laughs> I love no. the introduction of Idris Elba. I really think they're probably going to bring him back. Um having this big shadow corporation controlling all this shit. Uh, I think they gave them the actors ways out so they don't have to keep coming back, but 
over the last two years, all the Rock movies that we've seen, he's great in Jumanji, and he's great in Fast and Furious. And the other ones are, like, generic <laughs> fucking action movies. But, like, this one... Whatever, what's that last... I'd rather watch Skyscraper again. No fucking... Over this? Yep, You're a fucking lie. I go see it again tomorrow. Fuck you, man. You're so... <laughs> God, it's so bad. Um... This is this is a, uh, a quintessential fucking Fast and Furious movie, just with these two characters. No, it's not because it doesn't it doesn't have the ethos that the Fast and Furious movies do, where those movies are about family, and this isn't until they decide to overextend it, make it over two hours long, and add an extra third act to the end. And I was like, yeah, let's get five, six more acts. Um, a lot of this was so surprising to me. And then I watched the trailer. I was like, I can see how people would be disappointed because they show a lot of the great pieces off in the fucking trailers. It's like, well, fuck you guys, man. <laughs> no, like, at the, they should have, like, when they attack the fucking Russian laboratory or whatever, they should have just extended that and had that be the end instead of throwing on another 35 fucking minutes of them going to Samoa for no reason. Yeah, but then you don't have barely any cars in the movie except the fucking Who cares? Do. No one cares about cars anymore. I do. This guy definitely does. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Uh, also, my little nephews really cared that Roman Reigns was in the, in the last third act. So good for them. <laughs> uh, but it's ridiculous. Plus, like, you, like, I don't understand time in this movie either. Oh, yeah. Like, so, at one point, the guy's like, the guy's like, oh, in 36 hours, it'll mutate. And then they go to Russia and then Samoa. And then they set up and wait for him to come the next day. And I was like, how long is this person going to live? <laughs> it has been way more than 36 hours. Uh, to be fair, I had that same critique going in the second time. And I was like, oh, they did make it work a little bit better because the first time he's like they have 48 or he has 72 hours when they're in Russia it's 48 hours when they get to Samoa it's like 30 hours and then like she's just at the end of the timeline when uh, they finally get extracted so, <laughs> um, also so since you saw it twice maybe you can explain this to me okay mm-hmm. at- at one point, Idris Elba gets hit in the face for like 20 minutes with a flamethrower. Yep. It is, is fucking fine. Then The Rock hits him in the back of the head once, and he's like, I'm dead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> you can't be like... You can't be like, he's literally Superman for the whole movie, and then at the end be like, if he doesn't look at you when you hit him, it hurts. No, that's not how it fucking works. But uh, at this point, he had taken so many hit, or I mean, he was continuously getting hit in the head, and like that was the they were damaging the sensors and everything. He stops bullets. Uh, no, that was his fucking. Uh, it's not his skin; it's his suit that he wears, like his hand, his glove, and shit. He is fully on fire. Uh, yeah, he he is completely on fire. And he's just like, oh, man, I was on fire. Listen, sometimes you just gotta let go and just let it happen. 
No, <laughs> they literally made him a superhero. But at the end, it's just like we just got to work together and hit him real hard. Uh, yeah, no, have you ever so had a street fight? No, that's why no one should fucking. You can stretch the line with these movies, but they crossed it and literally brought in superheroes. <laughs> Listen, this is how we get to space. We have to cross these lines. Listen, fucking a goddamn one. That is a horrific helicopter crash that happens. <laughs> no, no, no. And I like, love the fact that the machine won't take a bump in a giant-ass truck, but literally a helicopter smashes into the ground, and the machine's fine. <laughs> yeah, and I get, like, I get that, like, Elba comes out because he's goddamn Superman in this movie, but then it's just like, oh, wait, okay, I guess the sister's like, wait, there's a random guy who survived that, too? No. Uh, just a ridiculous movie, and I loved every bit of it. <sighs> No. No, sir. <laughs> I also hated all the cameos. Fuck all those people. Oh, <laughs> uh, come on. Fucking uh, Deadpool showing up. He stabbed the dude with a brick. Mm-hmm. There are three, so dumb. I there hate were it. three after credit scenes. Were they? <laughs> I only saw the one and then like just gave up. <laughs> uh, so it's the first one where... Uh, Ryan Reynolds calls him and he's in like this whatever shootout. Yes. The second one is Jason Statham gets pranked back uh, by cops when he's at the pub. And then after all of the credits, it picks up back up to where Reynolds and then he actually shows him stabbing a dude with a brick or shows a dude that's been stabbed in the chest with a brick. But the the best part of that one is, is the whole point they wanted to do with the after credits are like, did you catch the uh, end of Game of Thrones? <laughs> I was like, ooh, yeah. that's, a, that's a bold move. That's not going to ever pay off. <laughs> yeah. It's dumb. I hate it all. Listen, This movie's bad. It's so, if you enjoyed the other ones, this is the same shit. What other one? The other, like, Fast and Furious movies. Like, this is the same shit. That doesn't count. No, one, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. Because there's different levels to the Fast and Furious movies. This is an off number. Like, this is an off... Uh, this is an even-numbered movie. Okay, then those are all bad. Listen, they're bad, but still kind of good. No, but Fast 8 was goddamn terrible. Uh, I'm not going to argue with that. Six was all right. Um, and this is right in the middle of six and eight. <laughs> also, that would make this an even one because the last one was, or it would make it odd because the last one was yeah, even. Yeah, and that's why. So it should be That's good. why they had to put the, the, the uh, subtitle on it because it's definitely not a good one. But I think nine's going to be stellar. I don't think it is at all. Super fucking stellar. <laughs> this, this franchise needs to die. Listen, let's get two, three more out of these, this whole franchise, and I'll be happy. <sighs> I just hope, I hope, like, it's like Fast and Furious 9, and there's no cars in it at all, so you can try and justify how it's a good movie. I hope so, too, because I'll do my damnedest if, I, if I'm if i entertained as I was for this one. 
dumb. It's it's fun, dumb though. It's the it's the franchise that's fun and dumb. So it's just dumb. so. What do we got for next week? Remember uh, what? Remember when they were stealing DVD players? <laughs> Listen, I had so much fun the first time that I saw this movie. I was like, maybe I should watch all eight before the fucking podcast. And I was like, oh, that's too much of an undertaking. But I wanted to. I just want the record to state that I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they go back to that and just don't reference anything that's happened before. They just go back to street racing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hope nine is like Toretto's just like, I got a hot lead on some Blu-ray players. <laughs> and everyone's like, what the fuck? And like literally nobody's using Blu-rays anymore. They're just like well, can we get? Can we steal some streaming sticks? Yeah, it'd be like I, I found a bunch of Roku sticks <laughs> and Amazon Fire sticks. We're knocking off this whole warehouse on Black Friday. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. So what then? What are we watching for next week? Obviously, Swamp Thing, or not Swamp Thing? Uh, fucking Doom Patrol. I was like, how are we watching Swamp Thing? I'm so confused. <laughs> Um, so, uh, do we have anything other besides, uh, best and worst than theatrically? Uh, no, but I, cause it's going to be kind of a heavy week. So I didn't know if you wanted to start anything else. What's, what's going to make it heavy? Uh, so we have best and worst. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, uh, what the hell is it? Uh, it is fight club and son of the mask. Ooh. I'm super excited about Fight Club. Not so excited about Son of the Mask. I've never seen it, so I can only—I I only can imagine. Huh. Um, then theatrically, I'm not sure how this is going to work because I'm not seeing the movie you want to see. You're not going to see the kitchen. No, I'm going to see the kitchen. Okay, you're not going to see Dora. I'm going to see Dora. Uh, scariest Stories to Tell in the Night? I want to see that. Uh, but you're definitely going to see Racing in the Rain. I'm absolutely not going to go you're see that. You're fucking seeing it. No, I have three free movies. I'm not wasting on <laughs> a goddamn dog movie. <laughs> I will go see Dora the Explorer. No problem. I'm not seeing a goddamn dog Oh, come on. I've got to see that goddamn scary movie. You fucking go into the racing movie. I remember you were like, I was like, what the fuck is this? And you're like, oh, it's about a guy who races with his dog. I was like, oh, whatever. And then the trailer came on and the dog's narrating. I was like, goddammit, no. Kevin Costner's the dog, though. No, fuck Kevin Costner. (laughs) No. Uh, Listen, you should. You should totally see it. I have a line in the sand and it's fucking dog narrating movies. I will not see them. All right, I'll let you off the hook then. <laughs> Plus, I had no idea how I was going to watch fucking three movies, let alone four, while I worked this weekend, but we'll figure it out. Uh, so, are we just going to do that then? That seems like enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it does. So. Oh, wait. Wait. Oh, I need to figure it out. I think it's this weekend. What's that? Uh, 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 it's a TV show on Netflix. I can't remember what it's called, though. Ruh-roh. Yeah. 
It's fucking Eco from The Raid, his fucking Netflix TV show. You gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> no, I just can't remember what it's called. Uh, so watch all that stuff, and we'll bring it around next week for you. <laughs> yeah. Peace, fine, have all that good stuff. Later. It's fucking dogs. <laughs> Goddamn bird in the fucking...